And uh, so if you're ready to go, let's do that. I want to begin today uh, talking out of Second Chronicles 16 and 9. And we're going to walk through the scripture. Let's put that up and let's talk about it. Let's read it together, Second Chronicles 16 and 9. So it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen. The eyes of the Lord look throughout the earth to strengthen. Interesting, isn't it? To strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So God's looking, eyes, right? He's looking through the whole earth, not just in America, not just in Canada, not just in Europe, through the whole earth, through South America and Africa and Asia and Australia, all over this planet, God is looking to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I want to talk about being fully committed today. Fully committed. Can we pray? Lord, I pray you use your word and let it be a strength to us. Let me not be boring in my teaching. And let the church not be boring in their response. And let us learn together and grow together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We can't. We can't live our lives without commitment. You, you can't buy a house without commitment. You can't get married without commitment. Well, well I, guess, I guess you can, but you, you can't get a driver's license without a commitment. You, you can't grow a great church without commitment, and you can't follow Jesus without making a total commitment. Interesting, your new series coming up is following Jesus. I'm going to talk about that today. Didn't had no idea, but maybe the Holy Spirit did. So first, I want us to look at the power of commitment, the power of commitment. If you're writing, this, uh, writing things down, uh, write this, nothing affects your life more than your commitments. Nothing affects your life more than those commitments you make. In fact, our commitments, they have three profound effects on our life. First of all, our commitments show what we value. Your commitments show what matters to you. Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. You've you got to choose something. So my values show what I choose and what I think is most important and what I really love. So if I say something is important, uh, I can say that, but it's how I commit my time and my money and my heart that really shows What's important? I can say family is important. I, I can say my health is important. I can say God is important, that I want to follow Jesus. But is that reflected in the habits every day? That's how you really see it. It's reflected in the decisions we make. It's reflected in what others would say about what they see in your life. Now, to all you single people, if somebody ever tells you, I love you, but they're really not willing to commit, all they want to do is move in and have sex with you and play the games of marriage without commitment, they don't really love you because they're not committed. There's no such thing as love without commitment. If you don't make any commitments in your life, you're basically saying the only thing that really matters to me is me. 
And the Bible calls that selfishness. So my commitments, they show my values. They show my values. Secondly, my commitments shape the life that I live. They shape my life. Let me say it this way. I become whatever I'm committed to. Whatever I'm committed to. So our life is the sum total of our commitments. If, if I believe making money is important, my life's going to be shaped by that. If I believe that following Jesus is important, then my life's going to be shaped by that because I become whatever I'm committed to. So my question for us today is, what is shaping your life? What is shaping your life? Because your commitments will shape you. Thirdly, your commitments also determine your destiny. Every day, you're exchanging your life for something. What is it? Your, your time is your life. Your, your eight hours or 10 hours or 12 hours on a job or your eight hours of sleep or your hobbies, your 24 hours a day, your time is your life. So what are you exchanging it for? I love Jesus' words in Matthew. He said, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and then forfeit their soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What do you give in, ex in exchange? Every choice we make has a consequence. My choices and my commitments, they show my values and they shape my life and they determine my destiny. So make wise commitments. Don't let a day just go by without having some decision about how you're going to spend that day. I understand a day off. I understand vacation where sometimes you just want to put your feet in the sand and have no agenda. I love that. I love having that opportunity. But even then, you need to let the healing and the Sabbath moment be times of refreshing so that you can hit the ground running again when the vacation is over or the day off is over because your choices and your commitments, they very much show what you value, they shape you, and they determine your destiny. Because nothing affects my life more than the commitments we make. The power of a commitment. The power of commitment. Now, been around this long enough as a pastor and a leader that I also know that there's a price of commitment. <laughs> there's a price. Let me say it this way. Following Jesus will cost you everything. Follow, come back for the series. I don't know what he's going to talk about, but I think I got an idea. Following Jesus will cost you everything. You say, well, pastor, I thought salvation was free. Well, you're absolutely right. It is free. Jesus paid it all. As pastor James exhorted up here earlier this morning, we simply receive it. He went to the cross. He took your sin and mine. He paid for it, but it's going to cost you everything. You get salvation for free, but it's going to cost you your life. Why am I saying that? Because we have generations now on the planet that want they, they feel entitled and they want things and they feel like that it's owed to me. And we have to realize that, you know, sometimes we come to church and it's all about me. But you got to understand it's not what the church can do for me only. It's as much as what I'm going to do for him. 
You say, well, I thought it wasn't doing. I thought it was just accepting. Absolutely. You can get saved today. It'll cost you no dime, nothing. You believe it. Jesus paid for it and you're ready for heaven. But once you get saved, you have an assignment. You have a responsibility. It's going to cost you everything to follow Jesus. And I wouldn't be fair. So if you're, if you're new to the Christian faith or you're, maybe you're checking church out and you're already like, I don't know if I want to follow Jesus or not. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be fair with you if I didn't tell you it's going to cost you something. Here's what Jesus said. If you want to be my followers, you must love me more than your father or your mother or your wife and your children or your brothers and your sisters. You, you, you got to love me more. You, some of your translations say, hate your father and mother. It's, it's strong language, and you know it was translated. If you read the original text, it really means you got to love more. You got to love God more than any of those. He said, if you don't love me more than any of this, notice his final words. If not, you cannot be my disciple. The crowds that followed Jesus thought he was on his way to a throne, and Jesus kept telling them, I'm on my way to a cross. If they wanted to follow him, they had to understand what his kingdom was like and what his followers could expect and what was going to happen. They had to love him above everything else and be prepared for self-sacrifice, even death. They didn't get it, some of them. In fact, one time Jesus got tired of it and he said, why are you here? Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And that was like human sacrifice language. They didn't get it. They didn't under it because he was like, it's going to cost you something to follow me. Some of you want the dog and pony show, if I can use that language. You want what I can do for you. You like all the good things, but are you really willing to pay the price it's going to take to follow me? The person wanting to follow Jesus had first consider what it will cost Jesus gave his life for you, and he expects yours in return. Let me say it this way. Janet and I have been married 42 years, right? And there's 365 days in a year. 365. What if I were to say, hey, Janet, I tell you what we'll do. Make a deal with you. I'll give you 364 days a year. But one day, one of those days, I want to do whatever I want. No questions asked. I'd be dead because she'd shoot me. She'd kill me. Ain't nope, that ain't happening. And I like living. And I like living with her. I'm fully committed. Now, if you took percentages, you'd say that's pretty good. If I give you 364 out of 365, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a lot. That's almost fully committed. <laughs> Jesus gave his life for you and he expects yours in return. And if people were not willing to give everything for the sake of Jesus, then he basically is saying that your life is no use to me. It's like salt with no saltiness. It's, it's, there's no use. Jesus said, you have to love me more. So let, let me use C.S. Lewis's words. He said this about Christianity. He said, if, if Christianity is untrue, then it's unimportant. If it's untrue, it's unimportant. 
But if Christianity is true, then it is of ultimate importance. And it deserves all of you and everything you have. All of you. Say all with me. The one thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. It can't be 364 and not 365. Saying I'm a casual Christian is really an oxymoron. It's kind of like saying I'm semi-pregnant. Either you are or you're not. Jesus is either Lord of all your life or he's not Lord at all of your life. Some people think they're following Jesus, but the reality is, the reality is they've invited Jesus to follow them. So I'm speaking to you today. It might be a little straightforward, might be a little heavy, but you need to get the concept. You need to understand there's a price. There's a price for this. Many call him Savior, but they never have fully surrendered to him as Lord. Maybe I could say it this way. Some have bought in, but you haven't truly sold out. You've bought in, but you haven't fully sold out. So the question is, who's following who? In your relationship with Jesus, who's following who? Are you following Jesus, or have you kind of twisted and inverted the gospel and invited him to follow you? Hey, Lord, I thank you about that prosperity scripture. Man, Lord, I just thank you for your blessings and your goodness to me. Lord, I got this decision I'm making, and I just pray you'd bless it. And you're like, did you even ask God about that decision in the first place? Y'all okay? Just stay with me. Remember, I said, I, I hope I'm not boring. I don't want you to get boring, okay? We just, we're going to be in this together. So John wrote to the church when he said, I wish that you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I will spit you out. Everybody say out. John is saying, if we're not all in, we'll end up all out. So if you ever want to be out, just stop being all in. I want to give you some practical thoughts for a minute and be really clear about what the price of commitment looks like. There's a few statements and maybe you can write them down. We'll leave them on the screen. I'd like for us to read them together. The first one is if you're all in, if you're all in, your service to God is going to feel predominantly like a privilege and occasionally like a sacrifice. If, can we talk today? So can we talk today? If you're all in, your service to God is going to feel predominantly like a privilege and occasionally like a sacrifice. But, but if you're not all in, your service to God will feel predominantly like a sacrifice and occasionally like a privilege. Every weekend, people gather on this campus to serve in kids' ministry and in parking lot. They usher and they greet with a smile. Hopefully, they had a smile. People gather to give, as we've already done here today. We gather to worship the Lord. We gather to serve and give back to God the gifts that he's given to us. And if you're all in, it mostly feels like a privilege. God, I feel honored to serve 
wherever and in whatever capacity I can. I feel honored. I get to do, oh, it's, yes, it's work. And yes, sir, sometimes I go and I'm busy. Yes, but mostly it feels like a privilege. I'm, I thank you, Lord. Whatever I can do, however I can help, I'm in. I'm in. And every once in a while, it feels like a sacrifice, but I'm in. Here's the next thought for you. If you're all in, your first measure is the potential impact of something. If you're not all in, your first measure is what's the personal inconvenience to me? So let me say it this way. Just leave that on the board. You might want to write it down, take a picture with your phone, however you need to do it. But if you're all in, if you're all in, your first response is when something's announced or we're going to do this or we got a new idea or we got this thing we're going to have, this event or this situation, we're going to give to this. When you're all in, your first response is we need this. If the leaders believe we need it, then I'm a follower and I'm following Jesus, I'm in. If you say that's what God's told you, I'm behind you. We need this. We understand how this can help people know God and benefit our church's mission and move the church forward, even if you don't understand it, because you're not going to always understand. If you think you've got to understand every decision that is made by the local church, it's kind of like parents and children. When you tell the children, and every parent's done this in their life, you're like, because I told you so. There's sometimes I can't explain to you the spirit and the unction or the feeling in my heart. I'm like, God's just talking to me, and I can't always tell you how it's going to play out. I'm just asking you, if, if God's speaking to me and you trusted me, we're trusting God together. Let's go for it. I'm in. I'm in. And so your first measure is the potential impact of something. Man, this, this could be great. Need me to serve on Sunday? No problem. If we do this, more people will find freedom in their life. I'm in. But, but if, you're, if you're not all in, your first question is, what's this going to cost me? How, uh, how much time am I going to have to give? And how much money? And what do I have to change? It, it, it's, it's, it becomes just another duty and responsibility. We say things in our heart, so you can measure yourself. We say things in our heart like, do I have to? Rather than, I, I get to do this. There's a big difference. You ever sent your kids to the room, told them, told them, send them to their rooms, and go clean your room? And they're like, okay, I get to. Yeah, <laughs> hey, go mow the grass. Okay, I get to. You know Why? They don't normally say that. In their heart, they're like, I don't, who does she think? I'll tell you what. Mm. Slam that door a little bit. Just a little bit. Not too much because she'll come. Mom and dad will come. But a little bit so you know I was agitated. Boom. Just a little bit. Boom. Right? I get to. Well, you get to eat tonight, so you get to mow the grass. Well, you get to go buy a new pair of tennis shoes, and I'm going to pay for them, so you get to clean your room. You get to, you get, if you don't want to get to, then you know, listen, when, when our oldest son, Jared, he's 37, father of four, wonderful grown man, but he's a young teenage boy, early like 13, 14, I don't know, he was giving us heck and he gave his mama heck. And one day she put a few clothes in a little bag and set it on the front porch and said, you're gone. If you think it's better at their house, then move in with them. 
And he said, his response was, that's all you're going to let me take with me? She said, I paid for all of it, and you're lucky to get that. That's what she said. <laughs> I'm telling you, I told you, that's why I know 365 for me, baby. Ain't no 364. It'd be over. I, ain't, I'm, I like living too much, and I like living with her. <laughs> but but I'm, I mean, ask yourself in your heart, do you get to? Do, do, do you get to? Do, do you, I, I get to? Or are you too busy? Is your time showing what really values, what the values are in your life? Is, is your, where you, I get to or do I have to? Okay, here's the third one. If you're all in, your highest aspirations are planted in your local church. When you're all in, it's about what you can do to contribute to the success and the future of your local church. And I know these run together, but I'm, the reason. This church and its future is really about your future and your legacy. You build community together. If you're not all in, you're always looking for, the, for what's next and what else is out there. So when you have a child, let's go back to that example, that's can't wait to leave home, can't wait to leave home. They're always looking at what's out there. It's better sometimes to let them go early. It hurts a parent. You, you'll grieve over that. But let them go because it won't take long. They'll realize how much toilet paper does cost. And they will realize that those paper towels, and then I don't even have a towel. And who's, I don't have any clean underwear, and I got to go to work. Now what am I going to do? Nobody did. I, what? What? Gas is how much a gallon? You mean insurance of this car? Liability only costs how much? Gosh, I didn't know a lot. Our, our youngest son went to Australia to go to Bible school. He and his newlywed wife, they went, and he said, they were, they were, we want to be on our own. We want to do our own thing. And I really appreciated Nate's and Kendall. The, and I, I said, thank you. We'll be here for you. And in Australia, they, they pay their light bill every three months. It's a quarterly bill. And they got their first light bill. It was like, and they're just, you know, I mean, they're young and they're in college, first year, and their first light bill was like 900 and something dollars. And he, I mean, Australia, you know, they're, they're always ahead of us. Literally, because they're finishing a day, we're just starting one. It's the same day. And so Nate would call us on Skype, praise God, uh, at night at 11 p.m. midnight, and it'd be, it'd be like 5.36 a.m. our time. And you hear the Skype thing go off. And so every time Nathan and I visited, I had bed hair and maybe a shirt on, but you know. You're talking on Skype. It's 6 in the morning for me, 5.30, and it's not. But, but he calls me and says, uh, our light bill came in, and I don't have the money for it. I said, okay, no problem. But it changes everything. I'm asking you, you've you got to decide. If you're planted in the local church, let me, let me say it this way, without too many rabbit trails today. Your church has a mission. Every church has a mission, or should have. I know that there's, you can get a hamburger at all kinds of places, 
and, and you have choices to make, and they all make hamburgers, but they're a little bit different. And God gives each church, the best way I know how to describe it, God gives each church, we're all talking about Jesus and about going to heaven, but God gives us a specific way and mission on how we're going to accomplish that. We're going to reach a certain group of people. We have a certain target. This is what we're all about. And when you become a part of a community of a local church, you buy into that mission, or you should. If you can't buy into that mission, you need, you need, I'm, I'm being really fair with you. You should find a church if this is not it. Pardon me, Pastor James, but if you're not, if you're not behind the mission, you need to go get behind a mission somewhere. And if you can't get behind any mission and all you're doing is, 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 is observer, then you need to, this message is for you. You're, are you fully committed? Are your highest aspirations, is it still on the screen, planted right here? When you're all in, it's, it's about making a contribution to, to the success and the future of our local church, of what God's spoken through our leaders. If not, you're looking for the next best thing. It's, you know, it's here. If, if, you've, if you've ever met somebody that that job was never good enough, they're always looking for something else, then they're always changing jobs. When are you going to settle down and build something that's going to last? And it's not easy, and it's going to cost you something, but it's worth it. If you keep uprooting, you keep uprooting, you keep up. Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord, their lives will flourish in the courts of our God. When you keep uprooting, you never really flourish. I don't like potted plants because they require way more care and attention. And some people live their lives in a potted plant because they just want to move around and move around and jump around, new job, new spouse, new. And I'm like, hold on a minute here. You take a lot of work. If you get in a, in a garden, you get planted where the waters are, where life, come on now, you, are you hearing me? God's speaking to somebody here today, and I'm just saying, if you're all in, when you're all in, your attitude is, I get to use this gift God gave me for his service where I'm planted. And if I'm not all in, it's just another task I'm doing for free. Okay, let's go to number four because I'm out of time. If you're all in, your personal strengths, your personal strengths are leveraged to push the priorities and the vision of the church forward. If you're not all in, your personal preferences drive your personal priorities. So, so, so let me say it differently. Some of you have... A strength to manage, to lead, to give care, to build, to organize, to teach, to create wealth. The list continues. When you're all in, you use your strengths to further the cause and the mission of the local church where you're planted, as well as benefiting your personal life and family in business. So measure yourself right now. Measure your strengths. You know what they are. If you don't, we'll help you discover those. We're here to do that, to discover purpose. But whatever you're good at, use it, leverage it for the benefit of the church, to build the local. Listen, this is our assignment because everything else is going to burn up. Only what's sown into eternity and there's a whole teaching on that. I almost went there this morning, but you have to understand, there's, I'll just say that there's two judgments if you don't know that. 
the first judgment is those, that, and if, if you're saved, you're going to be caught up in the rapture, the, the, the catching away of God's people, right? So that, and, and but there's a, the first judgment is people are going to be judged whether heaven or hell, and they're going to be before the judgment seat of Christ. But then there's a second judgment for every person who has been saved, then you're now going to be judged according to what you did for God. And the Bible says Jesus is bringing his reward with him to those people who have sacrificed. They're going to receive a reward. And some people are going to get a greater reward in heaven than others. Now, if you've never studied that, you need to, you need to be aware of that. Some people are just like, I'm just glad I got in the door. Hallelujah. You know, I made it to heaven. <laughs> And I, there's people in our church that that's probably the way it's going to be. But we're, I mean, they get it like, hallelujah, made it. And if that's all you're looking for, that's fine, perhaps. Jesus loves everybody, and Jesus died for you, and salvation is free. I'm just asking you, though, who in heaven, according to Scripture, is going to be looking to you and say, thank you for what you did, because what you did is why I'm here. Now, that's the eternal reward. Some people are going to get rewarded greater for the work that they did for God. Salvation is free, but you have an assignment. So this generation says, I just want to know what the church can do for me. Well, stay with me. I'm telling you, there's some things you've got to realize. It's not just about what the church can do for me. It's what you can do for God. Okay, here's the last one. If you're all, we okay? Okay, if you're all in, your attitude, you, you, you have an attitude of honor. If you're all in, you have an attitude of honor. If you're not all in, you'll have an attitude of dishonor. So, so I say it better this way. If you're all in, you place a high value on the local church and on every opportunity that you have to serve and move the church forward. It's, it becomes cherished. It becomes a privilege. I've said that, but it's, it's like I, 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 this is an honor. God has allowed me to do this. But if you're not all in, you take things for granted. And the reason we know that is because you show up late, you, you show up unprepared, you casually approach worship like, come on, y'all better sing it good or I ain't, I ain't singing today. Hold on a minute here. What's that, what's that all about? Well, it's, it's just not my style. I, I don't feel comfortable raising my hands. Did you know that it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter what you like? Did you know? When, I mean, it, it's what God wants. I mean, here's the point. When did we get this idea that worship is about us and what we like? Listen, we just, celebrated, we just celebrated 42 years, and she asked me for something. She said, I want a bag. Not like an old bag. I want a bag. And you women know what she meant. And I got a specific bag that I want. And I just said, so they don't sell them at some of the big box stores. Let me just say it that way, Okay. So I gave her what she wanted, not what I wanted to give her. Now, I wanted to give her what she wanted because I've learned in 42 years. But sometimes, listen to me, we come before God, we come before worship, and it's like, well, this is what I want to give. This is, this is how I feel. And this is how I think it should be. And it ain't about us. 
It isn't about you. It's about what Jesus asks for. It's about what he expects from us. It's about what he wants. He says, I want you to bring the sacrifice of praise, the, the worship, the lifted hands. It's what he wants. It has nothing to do with how you feel or what we like or don't like. It's what he wants from us. When did it become about us and not about him? It has nothing to do with us. And it has everything to do with him. It's an attitude of honor. Honor. It's about him. About him. Wow. There's a price for commitment. And lastly, and I'm done here today, that there's, there's this price for commitment. There's power in commitment. There's a price. And then there's a payoff. And, and I'll, I'll end in two scriptures. Come on, join the stage if you would. The short-term payoff, the short-term payoff of commitment is found in Matthew 6. Don't worry about what you'll eat or drink or wear. Your father knows what you need. So seek him first. You read it, it's there on the screen. Seek God first. Seek God's kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. There's more than that. God's kingdom is global. It's not, it's not red or blue. It's not black or white. It's not Hispanic or English. It's not, it's not European or Asian or, or Australia. God's kingdom is global. It's all of us. And he calls us to kingdom living. So he said, seek, seek me. Be who I say you are. Don't let people label you. Don't be labeled by a society or a political party or a persuasion. You, you better know what the scripture says because it's for everybody. It's, it's a kingdom, God's kingdom. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all this will be given to you. That's the short-term payoff. Now here's the long-term payoff. Matthew 25, the master will say, well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> You've been faithful in a few things. You, you were all in. You showed honor. You were prepared. You served. You fulfilled your assignment. Well done. You've been faithful in a few things. Now I'm going to put you in charge of many and then he says, come and share in the master's happiness. Think of that word. I, I just, when I read that verse, it just kind of jumped off the page. What are you going to share in? He's going to be happy. And it's happiness like God knows it. Everybody wants to be happy. And if you think that putting other priorities in place, making money, building something, all those things are fine. I mean, make all the money you can. Live the best life you can live. Absolutely. Just keep your priorities right. Be fully committed because the eyes of the Lord look throughout the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. So God's looking for you. Will he find you? You feel weak today? Maybe you need to make a, 
make a step of commitment so God can strengthen you. Because he's strength. Are you reading the scripture with me? The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. Is that you? You say, well, what's my first step to commit to him? Your first step is found in Romans 6. It's the scripture. Paul wrote it to the church, and it says, give yourself completely to God. Every part of you. There you go. Just surrender it all. (laughs) I learned a long time ago, everything I have came from him. Everything I'll ever become is because of him. And everything we do will be for him. When you kind of get that in your mind and you measure things by that, it just changes your perspective. Decisions we make, when Janet and I make financial decisions, we pray about it. Why should we do this? What's it for? What are we hoping to accomplish? How does God feel about all this? Is this in his... Because let me say it this way, and I'll leave you with this thought. Sometimes we make decisions, and it costs us time or money our relationships and then when God asks something from us it requires time money and a, and relationship and if we've expended ourselves on other things that were not in his plan for us we have to look at God and say I'm sorry I don't have any time money or or any relationship to give so you need to you need to think about that have some margin in your life be fully committed and you will never regret it give yourself fully to the Lord Can I pray with you right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, let your word be a seed. You said the seed of the word of God would be planted in the hearts of men and women. And I pray today that our hearts have been receptive and that the seed of your word would begin to grow. Lord, you're speaking to people. I'm trying to preach the gospel, but Holy Spirit, you're speaking to people what each person needs to hear So listen to that. Father, I pray every ear would hear what you're saying to each person through this message. And Lord, if there's someone here who doesn't know you yet, they've not surrendered their life to you, I pray they would make that decision right now. In fact, with every head bowed, just for a moment, if you've not received Jesus as the Lord of your life, if you've never surrendered your future to him and receive the free gift of salvation, can I pray with you? Maybe you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you've reconsidered today. Every head bowed. Here's what I'd like to do just so I can know who I'm praying with. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I, I, want, to, I want to give my life to Jesus today or I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. Would you just slip your hand up so I can know who I'm praying with? God bless you for doing that. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Just lift that hand. Thank you so much. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. God bless you, guys. God bless you. Hands are around the room. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God bless all of you. You can put those hands down now. Let's pray this prayer together, everybody. Would you look at me and let's pray it together? Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take away my past. I invite you to be my Lord and leader from this day forward. And I'll do my best to honor you and to serve you fully. Thank you, Jesus, 
for saving me. Amen and amen. Could we celebrate with everybody who's prayed that prayer right there? Come on, church. A big applause. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Wow. I felt like we just heard a father speak. Thank you, Pastor Danny, because you brought... That was incredible. That was incredible. Sometimes we need a fatherly word. Amen, somebody. We need a fatherly word. And if you guys don't know, I I look to Pastor Danny and Janet as one of our oversight of our church. I talk to him about everything, just about, um, not everything, but I ask his opinion, his wisdom. And as you can see, he's a man of God. How many are ready to be fully committed? Come on, we're going. Come on, raise your hand. Make yourself accountable right now. I'm fully committed. I just, we just had Vision Sunday a couple weeks ago. Are you ready, church? Are you ready? Growth Track has been great. We've had two weeks of Growth Track. We've had over 40 people. They're, next week, they're going to be up here on stage joining the church. So we're going to celebrate with them. But are you ready to move forward? We're going to do some things. Are you ready to follow Jesus? fully committed amen i love you this morning thank you for being here god bless you let's take these notes take what's been said what or whatever stood out that god has spoken through you to you through pastor danny take it and let's apply it to our lives knowing god is speaking to you about commitment amen god bless you i love you have a great afternoon we'll see you back here next week Jesus Breakthrough will come Come in the name The name of Jesus